Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find a church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. A little bit of a background, but not much. The gospel basically is is a word that means the announcement of a king's victory. Um, When a king would win a battle, they didn't tweet, all right? Back then, the kings didn't have Twitter, okay? It's not like today. Today, president has Twitter. Back then, president doesn't have Twitter, so somebody would run around, and they would tell everybody in, in the kingdom that the king won the victory. And so that was an announcement. That's what gospel means. And so the gospels really are an announcement that Jesus has won that he has victory. And we're going to see that in today's story. If you didn't get one of these when you got, came in, you can raise your hand and somebody will be kind enough to get up and go get you one. But in Luke chapter 19, and you can follow along on this page, um, verses 1 through 10 is what we're going to read. So in verse 1 of Luke chapter 19, um, it says, And then Jesus walked through Jericho, and there was a man there, and his name was Zacchaeus the head tax man who was quite rich, who wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man, and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead of Jesus and climbed up into a sycamore tree so that he could see when Jesus came by. Why am I saying that this is the Gospels? I think we can sum it all up. is because Jesus was on a mission. Jesus was walking through a town, and there was a crowd that had gathered to see him and to to kind of see what was happening. They knew he was coming through. They had, they, they had heard that he was coming. And then you have Zacchaeus, the head tax man, who was quite rich. He was most likely rich, and in fact, we find out later in the story, that the reason he was rich is because he stole from people. It's really easy to get rich when you don't have to work for it. If you were legally allowed to go out and steal, you could be rich, or at least I could be rich. And he was the head tax man which meant that he collected taxes from people in the kingdom, and anything extra he got to keep. Imagine if that's how the IRS worked today. They came into your house and they harassed you, and they got a certain amount, and anything over that was theirs. You know how mad you would be when you saw an IRS agent? I mean, we're mad enough already, and they're pretty honest. I mean, they don't take more. They don't get to pocket it. They get a check, like a direct deposit probably, like a regular job. But back then, the way they made their money is whatever they took over, they just kept. And he was short. He couldn't see over the crowd. So he climbs up in a tree, and he's sitting up in a tree to hope, to hope that he could see Jesus. And we, read, we keep reading, it says, And when Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, you can move forward, Sam, back there, hurry down. Today... Is my day to be a guest in your home. This sinner, this person who was lost, this person that people probably saw Zacchaeus and they got two feelings. Number one, they didn't like him. And number two, they got away from him. At least that's what I would do. If you knew that this tax collector thief was coming, you're probably like, oh, that piece of garbage. Let's go this way, babe. Come on. You wouldn't want him around. And Jesus sees him and says, Zacchaeus, today I want to be a guest in your home. So Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree. I just have this picture of this really short, probably kind of round and pudgy man. 
You know, like that, that's how I see it in my head. Probably similar to me, but just a little bit shorter, a little bit more round. You know, like if you squished me down a little bit and I kind of came out, just an older guy, wealthy, just this pudgy dude. That's how I see it in my head. He scrambles out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck. He was delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone saw this incident was indigent. Indigent. That's a weird word. Indignant. I went to school once. Anyways, was indignant and grumped. Is that what it says right there? It's a grumped. I like that word, grumped. They were grumping at him. Sounds like a rapping term or something like that. They said, what business does he have, what business, what business does he have getting cozy with that crook? Zacchaeus just stood there. He was a little stunned, and he stammered apologetically. He said, Master, I'm giving away half of my income to the poor, and if I've been caught cheating or if I've stolen anything, I'll pay back four times the damage what I took. Jesus said, Today salvation has come here. Here he is, Zacchaeus, a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and find and restore what was lost. I think that's the gospel in a nutshell. You have a few different actors in this story. Number one, you have Jesus. You could fill that in there. Jesus was on a mission from the Father. Sam, you got to get it together back there, brother. Everybody give Sam a hand so he knows to pay attention. All right, Sam. So Jesus was on a mission that his Father gave him. See, Jesus came for one thing, and that was to seek and save. That was lost. Anything else you think that Jesus came to do, you are 100% wrong if you don't put the lost first. The very number one thing Jesus said is that I came to seek and save that was lost. He died on the cross so that those who were far from God who could come back to God. Jesus told a story about a shepherd who had 99 sheep, and one of them got lost. And the shepherd left the 99 and said, goodbye, I'm going after that one. If you had 99 of your sheep, you think you might want to stay there and just say, oh, well, 99 is not that bad. That's a pretty good percentage. Your GPA would have been pretty good in school if you got a lot of 99s. That would be great. But it wasn't. Jesus said, it's not good enough. And he left and he went after the one. That's a crazy story. That's not how I would think about being a shepherd. I might, you know, think about the one but I'd stay with the 99. Me, I have five kids. There was a story, um, we were talking about it yesterday, and um, we went to the zoo as a family, and we were talking about it, and one day we were, we were all outside, my parents came over, and our neighbors were there, and we have our kids, and, and, and they were running around the yard and like playing with like water guns and throwing stuff at each other and, and riding bikes, and then all of a sudden, we looked around the yard, and you know, when you, have, when you have more than one kid, Zane and Nicole will tell you, you get pretty good at doing this all the time. Like, you're just, you're always on a pivot, like a free safety in the NFL, or like a linebacker. You're always, we walk in the mall, and I'm always just like, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. Jeremy, where you at? Come here. You know, you're just always doing that. So I was just kind of scanning the yard, but then my parents showed up, and then I, I went back to scanning. You know, I talked to my dad and my mom for a little bit, and all of a sudden, I was one kid short. And so, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, all right, is he over here? Is he over there? All my other kids were there. And I went inside, and, and he wasn't inside. I yelled inside. I thought, maybe he went to the bathroom. You know, we try to keep the kids outside. Where are those parents? Like, stay outside. When their friends come over, yeah, you can have everybody you want to the house. And by house, I mean backyard. <laughs> so we just, like, they stay there. And I said, well, maybe he had to use the restroom. 
So I went inside and looked, you know, in the different restrooms. We have one downstairs and two upstairs, and, and he wasn't there. And at that moment, I didn't care where my other kids were because I had one son who was lost. I didn't say, well, you know, four out of five ain't bad. <laughs> oh, well. You know, like, oh, these kids need me. You know, I got these four. The other one, oh, well, darn it. You know, we'll find them one day. No, I, I went into full panic, full panic until I knew where every single one of my children was. He had climbed into a trunk and locked himself in the trunk in the hot weather. It could have been terrible. He could have died because we could have gone around and looked around the neighborhood and left him there and he could have baked himself. Like, that's how real it is. Like, in his mind, he went into the trunk to, trunk to scare grandpa. But grandpa's deaf. So when grandpa came to the trunk and he said, boo, grandpa went, gunk, turned around and left him there. Finally, we keep hearing this little bit of a muffled scream and our little neighbor boy who came over, he was pointing to the trunk and we're like, what are you talking about? And we just popped it open. We could have been on full alert around the neighborhood, driving around in those cars and never seen him. But I do know that at that moment, none of my other kids mattered. And that's the mission that Jesus is on. He's on the mission that, Jesus, that his father gave him was to, to seek and save the lost. Not that my kids didn't matter. I still love them. And, um, but I just want to be honest. I wasn't going to go get them a popsicle while my son was missing. I wasn't going to go turn on the Netflix so they could watch TV and have fun while my son was missing. I was going to do everything I could to find my missing son. And so you see a couple other actors in this story. Number two, you see a crowd. A crowd was watching Jesus and keeping people away from him. In the Gospels, we see this a few different times. Remember there was one story where there was a crowd surrounding a house and some, their, some guy was getting drugged on his, or dragged, my wife hates when I say drugged, it's dragged on a mat and his friends came to the house and there was a crippled man and his friends were just taking him there and the house was surrounded and they couldn't get into the house because of the crowd. Same thing. Crowds do that sometimes. Crowds always gather around Jesus. In fact, one of the number one complaints is just the crowds, the Christians in the church. Now, let's just be real. Christians are people too. And you're going to get hurt in church just as much as you get hurt at work or hurt in your family or hurt with your neighbor that does something stupid and you're like, why are you doing that? No matter where you go and you find people, you're going to get hurt. Church is not different, but the problem is, is that people expect more out of us. They do. And maybe they should. But it's still going to happen. You're going to get hurt in this church if you stay here more than five minutes. You've probably been offended already. All right? If I've probably offended you already, that's just the way it goes. You're going to get hurt. It's not our goal. It's just the life. But the crowd was watching Jesus. And see, it doesn't seem like the crowd was purposely keeping Zacchaeus away. But they just weren't letting him find Jesus. They had just formed this little wall. We're happy watching the show. Jesus walked through town. And then the next person you have in the thing is number three is you have Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was lost, and he was seeking Jesus, because when you're lost, you kind of know it. My son, the second, I was talking to him yesterday, he was like, yeah, and then I was in there, and I went to scare grandpa, and then grandpa just closed the trunk on me. He says it like that, because he's got this cute little voice. He knew, he knew he was in trouble. 
He knew we needed to get out of that trunk. Now, he didn't know what I know, that in South Carolina, when it's like 550,000 degrees, you can't be in a trunk for too long. He might have not known, like, he really could have died. But he knew trunk not good. Being locked in trunk is not good. And when you're away from Christ and you're lost, you know it's not good. Have you ever driven in your car and you don't know really where you're going? You know, like, I shouldn't, you ever just had that feeling, you're cruising, you're like, I shouldn't be in this neighborhood. I don't know this neighborhood, you know, like, let me turn. How do I turn around just, uh, you know, get out of here? Now, nowadays, we've got GPS. It happens less often. But, like, when I first started driving and you didn't have GPS, like, imagine that. There's going to be a group of young people that never know what it's like just to drive. Like, where are you, gonna, where are you at? It's up in Coral Gables. Where? Off, you know, this road. All right, I'll go look for it. There was no GPS. You just went. But, but when you're lost, it's not a good feeling. And you quickly try to get your bearings. And that's what Zacchaeus was doing. See, he was lost. He knew that he had enough money. I mean, he was making good money. He had enough prestige. He had, you know, obviously was a head tax man. That's a pretty big position. But he still knew he was lost. He still knew that he was trapped in something that he wanted to get out of. And he came to see Jesus. So he climbs up in a tree. And that's the, the fourth um, person in this story. A tree. Something making a way for the lost to see Jesus. See, when I got to this story and I felt like God had placed this on my heart a few weeks ago to talk about, I've had this story ready to go for several weeks. And God has been talking to me a lot about the lost, and I didn't really realize how it was going to all fit together. But I thought about this tree that was just on the side of the road. See, in Israel, they had, they says sycamore tree. It's not the American sycamore tree. It was like a mulberry sycamore tree that actually, or maybe a fig sycamore. So they had these sycamore trees that had fruit. Can you put up one of those pictures of the sycamore tree with fruit? So this is what the tree kind of looked like. Go back to the other one. That was good. All right, you're too fast, Sam. So it kind of looks like that. So you can see it kind of would be easy for them to climb up there, this little short, chubby, fat, rich man, to look over the crowd. You know, who knows how far up in the tree he went. But what's unique about this tree is that it has lots of fruit. And so that's the next picture. Sam, you're doing awesome. We love you, Sam. And so it has these fruit. And it says, like, their second quality fruit, they're not the best fruit, but they were so important to Israel that when David was king of Israel, he actually put somebody in charge of these trees. And one of these trees was planted, and it grew. And it had no idea that one day it would wind up being in the Bible. It just grew and made leaves and made fruit and grew and made leaves and made fruit and grew and made leaves and made fruit and stretched out its branches until one day it created the perfect space for a man to meet Jesus. Now, the father knew. When that seed fell in the ground, it might have felt like it was all alone in the middle of nowhere. But God knew what he was doing. And as that tree grew... God one day would use it. And so I want to talk about trees for a little bit real quick. In the book of Jeremiah, and it's on your paper, verses 17, 7 through 8, we see a scripture, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It said, blessed is the man, it's in your paper, who trusts on me. The woman who sticks with God. They are like trees planted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. 
never a worry through the highest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm, through droughts bearing fresh fruit in every season. See, the first point I want to see is that God's trees have their roots in him. See, I want to invite you guys. See, look at that. Trees are really powerful. They can mess up your foundation. They can mess up my neighbor's plumbing and their whole toilet can overflow and ruin their hardwood floors. Why? Because I've seen that. Because roots grow. (laughs) They keep moving. They make a way. And God's trees, and I, and I want you to consider yourself, maybe you're a tree. In that story that we read, first of all, let me tell you a secret. You're not Jesus. You're not. Number two, you might be Zacchaeus today. You might be lost and you might be seeking Jesus. And this place right here, the dream team that comes and works hard, they have, may, have, may have built a tree for you. A place where you can get above the crowd and a place where you can see Jesus clearly. You might be a part of the crowd, and you're keeping people from seeing Christ. And if that's you, stop it. Like real simple. But you might be a tree, something that's growing by itself in a place, and it doesn't even know that God has a great plan for it, but it's creating the opportunity. But for a tree to grow, it has to put its roots down. And I hope you would put your roots down into Christ. I hope that you wouldn't think about, you know, everything else in the world that you could think about and you would put your roots down into Christ and draw your strength from him because then you can be who God has called you to be. The next scripture, Isaiah 61, verses 3 through 4, it says, Rename them oaks of righteousness planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild old ruins and raise a new city out of the wreckage. God's trees show his glory. That's the the next thing you can write down. Be God's trees show his glory. So you might be a tree that you think is planted in a place that's unimportant. I mean, how would that tree know that Jesus would one day walk by that place? How did that tree know that one day that that branch that it thought it was just putting out there would be the same branch that Zacchaeus would climb up and sit on and meet Christ face to face. How did that tree know that by just growing, by putting its roots down and not trying to be fancy, that one day Jesus would walk by and that tree could hear the words of Christ? Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house. See, because Jesus is looking for lost people. If you're in this room and you're lost and you're feeling lost, like maybe you're feeling like you're stuck in the trunk in life, Jesus is looking for you. He is desperately passionate about you. I heard somebody say if he had a prayer list, you would be at the top of his prayer list. He's praying for you. He's looking for you. He desperately is in love with you. And he doesn't want Christians to be the crowd. He wants them to be a tree. Just grow. Just get stronger and allow people to climb on you. Trees don't get a lot of glory, but trees are pretty awesome. What are all the things we get out of trees? Firewood? I'm pro-cooking food. Pro-cooked food, all right? Raw food once in a while, cooked food most of the time. Houses, shade. Dear God, we went to the zoo. Have you guys been to the zoo and tried to walk to the water, the splash pad in the back? The zoo is all shady and it's nice until you get to the one last five-mile walk across that bridge. (laughs) And there's not shade in sight. And you know you're going with kids, and they're probably little kids, so you're carrying stuff. 
and you start that walk, and without any shade, about five feet in, you're like, <sighs> you're about to jump and just fall limp into the river and hope you cool off. Every time I go, I'm like, why don't they put shade here? It's South Carolina. But when you walk by a tree and you can sit in the shade, it's nice. Try it. Trees bring life. In fact, I went outside before church and I took a little video. And so make sure the sound is working. Sam is going to go and try to find this video. and We're going to see if it works. But I want you to see this video of the trees right outside in the parking lot. I believe in you, Sam. And you can't hear it very well. But when you stand out there, the noise was deafening. With all those cicadas, I think that's what they were. But they just get louder and louder and louder. And you're like, man, in the midst of, the, of nothing else around, life is growing. And trees always bring life. Because they bring food and they bring shade and they bring shelter. And, and if you're a Christian, you're called to be planted by the rivers of living water. Bearing fruit and providing shade refuge for people. That's what Lakeside Church wants to be. That's what the dream team is all about is, is we just want to be trees. The tree doesn't get a lot of glory in this story, but the tree provided some shade and it provided an opportunity for Zacchaeus to see Jesus. And then here's the other thing that that tree did is as Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree, people saw him. You know you saw the chubby little man climb up that tree. He climbed up that tree and he sat on that branch and it was a place for him to be known. Zacchaeus could sit there and everybody was like, what, that sinner, that lost person wants to see Jesus? And so Jesus could be revealed in his life because he was being, being known. We'll go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, the next scripture. It says, he is like a tree. This is talking about the righteous person. That's what the, what the psalmist is talking about. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither, and in all that he does, he prospers. He prospers. God's trees bear fruit, and they prosper in all that they do. Now, I want to let you know two things. God's trees, people that are willing to just be planted and let God use them. Be planted somewhere. If Lakeside is not your church, be planted somewhere. Don't be looking to move. The worst thing you could do to a, church, to a tree is just constantly redig it and put it somewhere else. Just, just be planted. If it's here, be planted. If it's radius, be planted. If it's the harvest, be planted. I don't care where you're planted, but be planted and grow and just allow God's roots Allow your roots to go into God, and then you'll start to bear fruit. Now, one thing that I love about that scripture, it says, he prospers, in all that he does, he prospers. Because when God is, is changing you, this is what happens. You want to do what pleases God. And when you want to do what pleases God, God will prosper you. I'm not saying in all that he does, he prospers. Don't take that verse down to the gas station and buy a lottery ticket. The promise of the Lord and all I do prosper, and I'm buying lottery tickets, so I better prosper. Don't take that verse and go try to open up a house of ill repute. Say, it's my business, I better prosper. No, but it's in all that he does. You know why? Because all that you do will be what God wants done. And as you start to align your heart and draw from your roots, you'll start to change, and God will bless you 
when you get involved in what God likes and what God is about and God loves the lost, you will be blessed. Now, there's one other tree I thought about. And I hope that you get planted, you become a tree, and you bear fruit. I hope, you, I, hope, I hope it's Lakeside because we're praying for people. We've got several people that in 2015, as they met us, we planted ourselves together. And we just grew. And I think we're going to grow some more. And it's good to have a nice little forest of trees that grow and plant and move. But there was another tree I thought of, and I, and I looked it up. And, you know, there was one tree in history who knows how it was planted? Maybe it was planted by a man in a forest where they were trying to plant wood for lumber or for, to build structures. Maybe it just was an acorn that fell or a seed that fell into the ground. But this tree grew, and it grew, and it grew. And one day it was cut down. And one day, God had his son nailed to that tree. I looked up, I said, man, what kind of wood was that? I wanted to know. You want to know the answer? Do you want to know what kind of wood it was? Nobody knows. It's a tree with no name. And the people that God uses the most, they're just like that. It's not about us. They're just humble. They just want to lift up Christ. And so you can go through and you can find people's ideas, but you know what? Everybody has a random theory. And nobody really knows what type of wood was the cross was made out of. But it did its job. It grew to the height it was supposed to be. It got strong. It got thick. And then it died. And sometimes the biggest thing you can do for God is just to die. To allow your life to go. I'm not saying go kill yourself, all right? Hear me out now. Some of y'all were like, just to die, this man's crazy. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you go and you say, you know what, not my will, but your will be done. Not my heart, God, but your heart beat in me, God. Not my mind, but your mind, God, that, that you seek God's will in everything. But as that tree lifted up Christ, Christ said that when I am lifted high, I will draw all nations. Every tribe, tongue, and nation. It did its job. We don't know where it is now. They said that if you went and you collected all the, from all the churches around, the Catholic churches and the Orthodox churches, like all the pieces of wood that are claimed to be from the cross, you'd have like 15 acres of woods or something like that. Because <laughs> all kinds of people claim to have a piece. And maybe some of them do. You don't know. I mean, maybe. But to me, I think he died like a criminal. They took him off there, and they probably nailed somebody else to that tree. Just a tree with no name. That lifted Jesus up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Now, I don't know where you fall in that story, but I know that we're finishing up right now. And maybe, maybe you're feeling like Zacchaeus. Maybe you're feeling lost. Maybe you're feeling like you're just, you, you don't have any direction. You don't know where to go, but you know where you're at's not good. You're like my little boy trapped in a trunk. You, you, got, you got into something thinking it would be fun, and it turned into something bigger than, than, you, than you, you can handle. And you can't get out on your own strength. And it feels like you're crying and you're screaming, because that's what my son did. He cried and he screamed, and it was like nobody could hear him. <clears throat> well, I want you to know God hears you today. If that's you today, if, if you really feel like a Zacchaeus, that you just feel trapped, 
and you're trying to look up and you're trying to see Jesus, would you just put your hand up right now? Amen. Amen. Or maybe you are here today and you realize you've been part of the crowd and you should be a tree. You've been creating unnecessary barriers and you know what? You just want to be a tree with no name. You just want to be planted in Christ. You just want to grow close to Christ. You just want to receive from your roots and grow and reach toward the sun and let God use you however he fits, feels. If that's you today, you feel challenged to let God use you, that you want to be a tree, you just want God to use you however you see fits. Would you put your hand up right now? Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>